What's up, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the FanCast Live podcast. I am yours truly, Giancarlo, your host. In this episode, I'm going to preview the series versus the world champion Atlanta Braves starting Monday night in Atlanta and the significance of its outcome. I'll reveal my biggest surprises and my biggest disappointments thus far in 2022. And lastly, what the Mets need to address at the trade deadline to improve this Mets club for the stretch run that we hope will end with a playoff berth. That and more on this episode of the FanCast Live Podcast. So stick around. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, welcome back to the FanCast Live Podcast, but before we move on, I want to remind you that you can listen to this episode of the FanCast Live Podcast and many more like it at anchor.fm slash Live or on any podcast platform you desire. Follow me at FanCast Live on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And lastly, if you want to reach out to me personally or if you want to be a special guest on the show, please email me at fancastlive at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, it's July 11th. The Mets have a three-game series, a very important three-game series here against the Atlanta Braves starting Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Max Scherzer going uh, going for the Mets. Max Fried going for the Atlanta Braves tonight. A game that holds some kind of significance um, a lot of Mets fans feel that this is do or die for the New York Mets. I don't believe that to be the case. Um, you know, whether or not the Mets win this series, uh, I don't think is of any importance or has any kind of significance to how the Mets will finish the season. Because quite honestly, a lot of people feel that with, I don't know, 70-something games still left on the season, that whether the Mets win or lose this series, uh, if they lose this series, I should say, um, people feel that the season is over. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know where the negativity comes from. I know, you know, the Mets have, you know, collapsed and choked in years past. You know, 2021, for example, the Mets led the, the division for 104 straight days. And then come October, a total co- uh, collapse. And the Braves overtake them for first place. They end up in the playoffs. And the Braves go on to win the World Series, as you guys know it. The Mets instead hit the golf course. You know, Steve Cohen has to sit with his front office and, you know, make plans on trying to improve this roster for 2022. And he's done that. You know, Cohen went and spent hundreds of millions of dollars in the offseason to bring in a Max Scherzer, to bring in a Stalin Marte, uh, Eduardo Escobar, Mark Hanna, Adam Adovino. You know, he's done what he needed to do to improve this roster. Now, the Mets got off to a tremendous start for 2022. You know, they went 34-17 and 17 in the months of... April and May, whereas opposed the Atlanta Braves started off pretty slow, going twenty three and twenty seven. They were ten and twelve in April, thirteen and fifteen in May. You know the Mets went fifteen and seven in April, nineteen and ten in May. And the tables have turned. 
You know, in June and July, the Mets thus far are 19 and 16. They're only three games over 500, whereas opposed to the Atlanta Braves have really kicked it into gear and have gone 29 and 8 going into this series against the New York Mets. They, as, as of June the 1st, the Mets had a 10 and a half game lead in the division. And now on July the 11th, heading into the series, the Mets lead has shrunk to one and a half games. Now, I don't think that this is a total collapse by the New York Mets because it isn't. Because if you look at the standings, the New York Mets are 20 games over 500. They're not at 500. They're not below 500. They're 20 games over 500. So how can anybody look at the standings? Regardless of how many games the, the Mets led by on June the 1st and what the gap is now on July the 11th, one and a half games. How is that a collapse? It's not. It's just the Atlanta Braves have gotten hot. They went, what, 21-6 and six in the month of June. That included a 14-game win streak. Their offense is tremendously hot. Their pitching has been very good. They have the best bullpen in the majors. That explains why the Atlanta Braves have been able to turn this around. Their offense is clicking on all, on all cylinders. Since June 1st, the Braves have had a dominating offense behind the likes of Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson. The Braves are leading the NL with 133 home runs going into tonight's game. They have seven different hitters with 10 or more home runs. While the Mets haven't been able to match that, hitting only 85 home runs this season. The Braves have the second best offense behind none other than the L.A. Dodgers. The Braves have also done it with great pitching. Their starting rotation has been solid as well. Their starting rotation ranks sixth in the NL in ERA with 3.87 ERA. Getting a huge boost from rookie Spencer Strider, who's 4-2 with a 2.60 ERA going into, into um, this series. And speaking of pitching, the Braves have the best bullpen in the majors. They hold a 3.10 ERA. For the Mets, on the other hand, their offense hasn't been clicking on all cylinders like they did back in April and May. They led the league in team average at, at one point. I think that they were tied with the New York Yankees for team average. They were uh, scoring runs at a record pace. They were doing it all offensively. Why? Because everyone in that lineup from top to bottom was contributing and generating um, hits, situational hitting. They were driving in runs with two outs. They were driving in runs with runners in scoring position, something the Mets haven't done um, in years past. But things have changed. They, their, their offense has cooled off. They're reverting back to relying on one or two or maybe even three hitters in a lineup to generate hits and runs. And that explains why the Mets record is what it is now in the months of June and July, specifically three games over 500. But that doesn't mean that the Mets aren't a very good team anymore. And that doesn't mean that if, if the Braves win this series, that all of a sudden the New York Mets season is over because it is not. Including this series, the Mets have 15 games against the Atlanta Braves. 
There are 70-plus games still left in the season. So win or lose this series, it has no significance on who wins the division and who does not. The Mets are going to have some reinforcements coming specifically after the All-Star break. They just get Max Scherzer back, who's starting tonight against the Braves. I expect him to have one of the best performances of the year. And the reason why is because this is why Steve Cohen is paying him $43 million a year for games just like this. I have all the confidence in the world that Max Scherzer is going to get on that mound tonight and he's going to cool off these these Atlanta Braves bats and the Mets are going to come, come away with the win. Now, Tuesday is a different story with David Peterson going against uh, the rookie. And then you have Chris Bassett going in game three Wednesday afternoon. So... There's a good chance that the Mets could take two of three in this series with Bassett going in game three, David Peterson going against the Braves, um, going up against the Braves on Tuesday. He's pitched well, so let's let's not, you know, blow it off as though, you know, the Mets aren't going to win that game because David Peterson is on the mound. We have to have confidence in David Peterson because he has done a pretty good job filling in a rotation spot while Scherzer was out, DeGrom is still out, Tyler McGill is out. So the Mets have relied on guys like David Peterson and and, uh, Trevor Williams, who I think have done an exceptional job thus far while filling in those voids in a rotation. So DeGrom, who is starting his third rehab stint, on Thursday could possibly rejoin the Mets rotation right after the All-Star break in the series against the San Diego Padres. Now, you want to talk about a player who's going to have some kind of significance in the New York Mets season. Jacob deGrom is the guy. He's been missing all season. He's been missing since the All-Star break last season. He's starting his third rehab stint on Thursday. He may as well start a game in that series against San Diego when they come back from the All-Star break. So you want to talk about an impactful player. Jacob deGrom is your guy. You put Jacob deGrom at the top of the rotation, followed by Scherzer and Taiwan Walker, Chris Bassett, and Cookie Carrasco, and the Mets all of a sudden have probably one of the best rotations in Major League Baseball. The The, the thing is, is they all need to stay healthy through – the remainder of the season. If there's any hiccups in in their health, then it's going to set the Mets back again. But the great thing is, is you have Tyler, Tyler McGill coming back in mid-August, and then you also have guys like David Peterson and Trevor Williams who have filled in pretty nicely in the rotation in the absence of Jacob deGrom, Tyler McGill, and Max Scherzer. So... The reinforcements are coming, but there are other things that the Mets need to address. And the catcher position has been one of the most disappointing positions for the New York Mets thus far in 2022. 
James McCann, who signed that four-year, $40 million deal a couple of years ago, has not performed up to expectations. Met, the Met fan is getting tired of it. And Tomas Nito is not exactly your everyday catcher. Though he is pretty good defensively, he is not going to be a good hitter on you know a day-to-day basis. Tomas Nito was a hero on Saturday, uh, uh, helping the Mets win. And then on Sunday, he threw away a ball that um, he threw to third base to try to gun down a runner that was stealing third from second base. He overthrows third base. That run scores and gave the Marlins the lead. The Mets could not recuperate and get that run back or even come back and win in the bottom half of the tent. The Mets lose. Uh, the other position, obviously, that's been disappointing this year is the DH position in the lineup. And, you know, we, we, a lot of Mets fans, a lot of National League fans have been extremely happy that Major League Baseball finally came to an agreement with the Major League Baseball Players Association on bringing the DH position to the National League. And with that said, we were excited for guys like J.D. Davis and Dom Smith, who now... Um, who haven't played on the field all that much, now we're going to get an opportunity to get some at-bats on an everyday basis or at least platoon at the DH position, you know, because Dom Smith being a lefty hitter and J.D. Davis being a righty hitter, you know, you were going to be able to platoon the two guys at the DH position. The fact of the matter is, is neither one has generated any kind of offensive numbers on the season. Dom Smith has no home runs, and it's July 11th. He actually spent some time down at AAA Syracuse. He has since been called up, but he hasn't has yet to show any kind of, um, you know, getting out of this offensive slump that he's in. J.D. Davis really hasn't done all that much. Really, he has a couple of home runs. He's got that big grand slam against the Marlins uh, this past weekend. But other than that, J.D. Davis really hasn't done all that much either. So the Mets are going to have to address the catcher position and the DH position, as well as probably going out and getting some bullpen arms. Because with Jacob deGrom coming back, and Scherzer now being healthy, and the Mets waiting for Tylo McGill in August to come back from his injury, and having David Peterson and Trevor Williams, who they could rely on to fill in for a couple of starts here and there, I think the Mets are pretty good in a starting rotation. I think the Mets need to focus on the bullpen. Um, Seth Lugo really hasn't had a great season. Trevor May has been missing for quite some time. You know, you can't rely on guys like Adam Adovino every night, and you can't, you know, rely on Drew Smith every night. You know, although there have been times when these guys have been dominant, um, you just can't put them out there every day because you're just going to waste them. You're going to tire them out. And then come, you know, September and October when you really need them, you're not going to be able to rely on them because either they're struggling or they have dead arms or whatever the case may be. So those have been the three positions uh, of, of somewhat disappointment for me for the New York Mets, the DH, the catcher, and the bullpen. Um those are the positions I think the Mets should address at the trade deadline. The catcher market isn't that big. There's only one one guy that everyone's talking about, and that's Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. He has been highly regarded by a lot of teams, and if there are a lot of teams out there looking for a catcher, which I'm sure they will, there will be, 
the Mets are going to have some competition in regard to acquiring a player like Wilson Contreras. Now, the the starting rotation, like I've mentioned, probably isn't going to be something of focus for the New York Mets, but Luis Castillo, who the Mets have been interested in, has been getting a lot of attention from a lot of teams, and now the newest team that's uh, gotten into the Luis Castillo sweepstakes is the L.A. Dodgers. Now, you remember the L.A. Dodgers lost to the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS last year. The Braves go on to win the World Series. I don't think the Dodgers want to take any kind of chances this year uh, with a thin rotation. They want to try to uh, get as much talent as they can into that rotation as they can because, obviously, their main focus is winning the World Series. So if the Mets do go to, go to get into the market for a starting pitcher, there's going to be a lot of competition out there for starting pitching, specifically players like Luis Castillo. Um, the DH position, you know what? There are a lot of bats out there that, that could be available at the trade deadline. Uh, we've heard uh, of quite some guys. Uh, Mancini of the Orioles has been mentioned. And what's so funny about that is that the Orioles just recently won, I think, eight in a row. I don't know if they've won their ninth in a row. They're back in a wild card picture. They're, what, two games out from a wild card. So maybe the, the Orioles have the think twice about trading him and maybe want to keep him. I don't know. He's a possibility the Mets can go out and acquire a player of, of that magnitude. Um, I know Nelson Cruz is going to be available because the Washington Nationals obviously are struggling and are in last place in the NL East and are probably going nowhere, so they might want to look to move Nelson Cruz. There's going to be plenty of bats out there that the Mets could acquire to fill in the void at DH, something that J.D. Davis and Don Smith haven't been able to produce um, anything from. Um, But other than that, I, I don't think the Mets really have any other you know necessity heading into the august 4th trade deadline if the mets are in the market there's and and because there are so many teams in the market for a catcher maybe the mets want to try to figure out a way to try and pry wilson Contreras from the chicago cubs a bit earlier now the problem here is is whatever the market is what are the mets willing to um, make available in a trade as far as prospects are concerned. Now, Wilson Contreras is a is going to be a rental. He's a free agent at the end of the season, and I don't think the Mets are going to want to take a chance giving up a top prospect or you know a somewhat top prospect for Wilson Contreras if there's a chance that they might not be able to re-sign him in the offseason as a free agent. Now, they do still have James McCann. He is going to be back at some point. So what do you do with James McCann? What do you do with Tomas Nito? So I don't know if the Mets are going to, you know, jump on the opportunity to get Wilson Contreras. Maybe there's someone else available that uh, can somewhat generate some, some offense for them. Maybe not, you know, hit 20, 30 home runs but at least generate some offense, something that Tomas Nito and James McCann have, haven't been able to do. So, and that's that. I mean, what else can I say about the New York Mets right now that would convince the Mets fan out there that this season isn't over and that the series against the Atlanta Braves starting tonight is of no significance 
on whether or not the Mets win or lose or make a postseason berth or not or win the division. I don't think this series has any significance. If the Mets take one of three in this series, and I think there's a good strong possibility they can take two of three with Chris Bassett going in game three on Wednesday. I I don't know why the New York Met fan is, you know, pushing the panic button. Because I don't I really don't think you should. This series is not going to dictate whether or not the Mets have a successful season or not. The Mets don't have to win the NL East to make the postseason. There are 20 games over 500, people. 20 games over 500. Yeah, that 10.5 game lead has shrunk down to 1.5. But there are still 20 games over 500. A win tonight with Max Scherzer on the mound, they go to 21 games over 500. Two and a half games up. And regardless of what happens the, the next two games after that, the Mets still will have a half a game lead. The Mets still will be in first place. So do not panic, Mets fans. I think the Mets have this under control. Buck Walter, who I think is probably the best manager the Mets have ever hired, has this all under control. Billy Epler has this under control. He's going to do whatever is possible to improve this roster going into August. And he will. I have the utmost confidence that he will. Steve Cohen has come here, has taken over this franchise after purchasing it from the Wilpons, who, mind you, never wanted to spend any kind of money, has spent a lot of money on trying to get the New York Mets into the World Series. Not just the playoffs, the World Series. All right, that is going to be all for this show. I hope you guys did enjoy it. Please make sure to follow me at Fancast Live on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Listen to this episode of the Fancast Live podcast and many more like it at anchor.fm slash Fancast Live or on any podcast platform you desire. Please be sure to smash that like button, follow, and subscribe. Reach out to me personally via email at fancastlive at gmail.com. All right, guys, till the next time. Thanks so much for listening. Let's go Mets. Peace.